0: i'm rosie matteo and welcome to from pot to popular a new podcast where we interview the media marketers and moguls for mainstreaming cannabis welcome to today's episode of pot to popular i'm your host rosie matteo today we're joined by brett Heyman. Founder of Edie Parker Flower. We're gonna learn today from Brett how she turned one of the most popular fashion brands into a cannabis line and why she's trying to bring fun and whimsy into the cannabis space and make it okay for women to consume cannabis. Welcome, Brett. Thanks for having me, Rosie. It's great to have you here. I'm so excited to dig in with you today. And you know, for our listeners who might not know who you are, which I feel like is very doubtful, many people know you from the fashion world, right? But the cannabis world, they might not. So let's get our listeners up to speed. Can you give us a brief overview of your background and tell us what prompted you to venture to cannabis after your very, very successful fashion career?
1: Sure. Well, thank you for that. I don't know how successful it is. I feel like many people will not know my name, period, because I have a company called Edie Parker. um, And the question that I always get asked is, who is Edie Parker? Why is your name Brett? So Edie Parker is a line of um, started as a line of acrylic clutches and accessories named after my daughter whose name is Edie Parker um, and I started the company right after she was born after a, a 8 to 10 year career in fashion covering accessories mostly for brands like Gucci and Dolce & Gabbana um, so I started this line of handmade in America accessories that were inspired by the accessories that came before them in the 50s and 60s um, and we launched a line of home accessories in 2016 and we we're very into that collection and based on the success of that one or two expand it, Um, and in my office, we're we're less than 10 women, and the use of cannabis and cannabis accessories kept coming up in those conversations about expanding the home line, because we felt like there were no cannabis accessories on the market that looked like our home accessories, that were incredibly fun, incredibly well-crafted, like these modern heirlooms that got passed down through generations, incredibly shareable, incredibly displayable, Um, and we felt like we wanted to be a part of the mainstreamification or normalization of cannabis and so we started working in earnest on like really doing cannabis accessories and we became so obsessed with the category through all our research that we launched uh, in 2019 we launched a brand called flower by Edie parker and we are a line of Now, Cannabis Accessories and Cannabis Flower, and we're just very excited about it. So that was a very long answer to what should have been a short introduction, but there you go.
0: Well, I I think it makes a lot of sense, right? If you think about, you know, things we do to unwind and have fun, you think about your bar cart, right? I mean, there's some beautiful, beautiful accessories, and cannabis is coming so mainstream. There definitely was a deficiency in the market. So, I mean, what exactly, um, like, what was the consumer in your mind look like? Uh, when you launched the brand, like, you know, who were you trying to, to, to market to? Was it um, the endemic user? Was it the new user? Like, who was the woman that you were thinking about, or actually, maybe not even the woman, you know, the consumer you were thinking about when you're putting it together?
1: Well, I think we were talking to women. I think in our research at a dispensary level, certainly it didn't feel like anybody was really talking to women in the way that we had been talking to women for 10 years. It felt to us like it was an extremely masculine um, product offering. And it was either masculine or sort of like old timey, like it felt like an apothecary brand or very minimalist streamlined. So I think for us, it was like, we're going to talk to the woman that loves to collect, that loves color, that loves optimism, that loves gift giving, that loves gift receiving. Um, And that could have been either like it was to us, the, you know, quote unquote, Chardonnay moms, it was the new users, it was the boomerangs who had been buying our handbags who would like, you know, when we launched in our Madison Avenue boutique, would be like, Oh my God, I haven't smoked cannabis since the sixties. And like, you know, for them, it was exciting to buy cannabis from a brand that they already knew and trusted. I think it like, it took a lot of the fear out of it for those newer users or the people that were coming back to it because they had been buying products from us for 10 years. And there was a trust already established.
0: Yeah, and I would say like so much of your brand appeal, you know, even from the fashion side was giving consumers a sense of they can enjoy themselves, this fun, this whimsy. So, you know, as a fashion designer and a former publicist, I obviously want to get this perspective from you because that's what we do. How do you communicate that through your design language? Talk to us about the design process and how you try to speak to your consumer.
1: Yeah, well, there's just really, I mean, when you look at the arc of all of our products starting in 2010, there's always a sense of color, a sense of whimsy, a sense of playfulness. And I think sometimes that was hard at the bag level, because even though we were this very sort of irreverent brand, we're still an expensive brand. And it's not like we didn't, we're not trying to make things expensive. It's that we make things in this very high quality way, either handmade in America or handmade in Italy. And there's a cost associated with that. Like if you pay workers living wages, and if you use materials that don't disintegrate, that costs more. Um, And I think there is a price value proposition that was harder to understand always in an inexpensive handbag. But I think the cannabis accessories, it makes a lot more sense. It's like we're trying to give people permission to say, hey, here's this whimsical, colorful item that we want you to display. You're not going to buy an Edie Parker storage case and put it in your drawer like you would old cannabis accessories, you're gonna show that off. And we think that's just great.
0: And the brain definitely speaks to that. Do you, do you still think though in 2021 with everything happening in national legalization that individuals, like especially women, still have a hard time owning that idea that you consume cannabis for a good time, that you're saying people walk to your store. What is the sentiment when you're speaking to women about cannabis consumption?
1: I think there's still, you know, you said for a good time, that's been our brand, brand tagline since launch. Like, because we feel the same way. Like cannabis for us, the health and wellness benefits are there and we're so happy they exist and we believe in the power of the plant and all that. But for us, we were just like, we're a group of gals that like to get high and there should be no shame in that. So I think there is still, like, I think there's much more acceptance obviously in 2021 but I think there is still this sort of stigma of like oh I I smoke cannabis because it helps me with sleep because it helps me with you know inflammation not just like I just liked getting high and it like you know makes it really tolerable to be with my screaming children or it makes sex a lot better like there's still less of that than I think there will be in the future.
0: Yeah I mean we're starting to see more like even like now that there's we're both on the east coast the conversations that we're having with the women in our lives now that it's you know, coming to New York and New Jersey. It'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds and how they continue, you know, to adapt to this you know, new world of a fun cannabis that's, you know, legal in their markets. Um, you know, from your background, your fashion is also driving force behind, you know, all kinds of trends and attitudes, forget about cannabis. And a number of your smoking accessories are sold to major department stores. Um, and you've been a, vis- you know, a visible advocate for cannabis in the fashion world. So how has your brand and mission been received by more mainstream business consumers? When you're having those conversations with your retailers that are carrying your handbags, have they been receptive? Has there been pushback? What are those conversations like as you're pushing forward?
1: I think every month it gets easier. I think when we launched some of the people on the buy-in teams thought it was cool, but a lot of them were like, huh, you make these expensive handbags and you're selling cannabis. They, there was a, a big disconnect, but I think more and more people are realizing the opportunity. They're realizing that the demand is there. So we launched this month in Urban Outfitters and we're launching Anthropology. Like they totally get it. They have a designated smoke section. And I think that's just gonna happen more and more because like you said, like for me, it's a bar accessory. It's a home accessory. It's a collectible, giftable item.
0: Yeah, Um, but but have you noticed like any key differences between the consumer behaviors and trends between fashion and cannabis? Like, are they similar or are they different beasts?
1: I think... They're still different beasts just because I think there's still not even the information. Like people don't know what to look for, they don't know what they need. Um, and to that end, I think we try to make things that have a lot of multi-uses. So, like one of our tamping sticks, like you can use it as a tamping stick, but you can use it as a drink store, you can use it as a hair accessory. Same with a rolling tray. So I think that it's just not the same yet because it's still still like slightly stigmatized having something that's not legal at a federal level that you can't use a credit card to purchase is it, it makes it a it stigma still
0: yeah and in terms of that like the product mix, talking about you know you know multi-uses so how do you decide on you know the product mix and you sell you know the products you know on an e-commerce direct to consumer also you've got you know the cbd products that can go right to consumer so when you're deciding on a product mix, is it things that you know you and your cohorts wanted to use? Do you base it off consumer feedback or a combination of both? like how do you decide like in this world where people are not thinking about canvas yet in this way? like how do you decide like what is going to resonate with a consumer?
1: A combination of what we feel that we need, you know, what we're missing in our lives, what we have of like, you know, something we bought at a head shop that we think is like kind of lame and we want a better version of, but also a lot of um, inspiration for our product line, full stop comes from vintage accessories. So there's also like a great deal of like vintage smoking accessories that we're like, oh, how can we modernize that? How can we make that cannabis specific? Wow. You know, like just things that, again, we use the word collectible because this business started from my collecting the vintage predecessors. So I think that like, that's important to us. Like making tabletop lighters with nested ashtrays. Those like, are it's... my
0: favorite. They are so beautiful. And like, thank you. I feel like when you come in, like people will pick it up and play with it. Like, what is this? Like when's the last time you saw a tabletop lighter, right? right. You haven't. Um, right. It's unbelievable. And
1: also something that we do that we've always done since, you know, a year after launching is this personalization. Um, and we can do that on all of our cannabis, access- cannabis accessories and that are made in acrylic, obviously. And I feel you know, with saying this without tons of market research, but I feel quite certain we're the only people that do that and offer that, and it makes it just so special and and just you know highly giftable.
0: Yeah, um, uh, you know we are we're working with you, and we all like look through the website and like. Each item is like cooler than the next. Like I, I really do feel that this is bringing in a completely different approach to the personalization. Like it's something you feel super proud of. So um, I, I'd be curious to see like what some the other personalization is. I know people do names. There must be some cool kitschy things that people have uh, have put on your products. I would love to see what that looks like. Totally. Um, but you know, I also want to talk about something else. You know, the product makes amazing, but. When you launched your cannabis brand, you were also really intentional about practically giving back to organizations to support communities that have been harmed by the war on drugs, and you've done some really cool collections around that. And we all know how expensive it is to be plant-touching business in the industry, and giving back can also be difficult for a small, young business. You know, you're still a small business. Do you have any advice for companies that want to be more involved in this aspect? Like, how can they get involved? And how did you guys approach it?
1: Look, I think one of the best things about working in cannabis, and and it's different from fashion, and it's it's something I think that fashion could really learn from, is the responsibility that the brands feel to give back to communities that have been affected by the war on drugs and also that consumers demand of you. Um, and I think that's a remarkable thing. And so we were certainly aware of it. We didn't realize how important it was to the consumer but we wanted to participate actively when we launched. So we went about like launching a foundation as soon as we launched Flower and we you know got 501c3 status. And I have to say, we really punch above our weight there. We give away much more than, than you know is correlated to our sales, honestly. Um, but I think it's just one of those things that like every little bit counts, you know, like for most of our product launches, we have a a portion of sales that goes to a charity. It's how we do a lot of marketing. When we, when we engage celebrities to work with us or influencers, a lot of them, we we never pay people. We just say, Hey, can you be involved in this? And we'll give a donation in your name to X, Y, and Z charity. And I think people more and more are really inclined to do that because it's so important and it's an easy way for someone to get involved and and help spread a message.
0: Yeah. This is like one of my favorite um, things about cannabis that there really is um, this consciousness of, of having to give back. You know, A lot of it you know, was sparked last year you know, by you know, Black Lives Matter around George Floyd's you know, unfortunate murder, but it really to see these cannabis companies big and small, um, knowing that it's their responsibility to give back, I feel like that brings the industry together and makes everybody just really mission driven. And I think that really excels, it makes people you know, ex- excel at what they do and, and, and brings more meaning to it. So I love what you guys are doing. And, you know, I want to take a different spin right now and talk a little about the entrepreneurship side of the business. So, you know, for our aspiring entrepreneurs in the audience who are listening, what is the one thing you wish you had known before starting a cannabis brand? And what can new brands do to stand out in an increasingly competitive market, right? You know, in California, there's so many brands. You know, what teachings can you have for, for, for newbies in this space?
1: I mean, I want to answer this and be positive and encouraging to people, but I feel like there's just so much that is so hard in cannabis. It's like, it's impossible. Um, well, I would say, I think it's really important for people to know how capital intensive launching cannabis is. And as you said, being plant touching, like you know, again, not being federally legal, I'm sure anybody who's listening knows that you can't be, you know, we launched in California, you can't be legal in California and then ship to another legal state like Colorado. So that means, you know, anytime you want to open a state, you have to have a partner there or come like, you know, totally redo your packaging, redo you have to grow there, you have to be vertically integrated. So it's just so, so difficult to grow cannabis. And I think like, you know, where we have a lifeline is that we do sell accessories that we can ship nationally, obviously. Um, But I think it's right now, it's still such a competitive space. And I still think like a lot has to shake out before brands really matter in a significant way and, and for it to be easier to grow and sell legal cannabis. So I don't know, I feel like that was not positive. And I certainly apologize. You know, like,
0: people have to go into things eyes wide open we all know, like, but I, I think you would say coupled with like the struggles, it is really fun, right. To be starting in a new industry and building something from the ground. Like who would have thought like growing up that you'd be, you know, always had a passion for fashion, but it's bringing it to cannabis. I got to imagine there's a lot of fun in it also. Oh my God,
1: absolutely. And I feel so inspired every day. It's like you're in something from the ground up. There is such a sense of community around it. There's a lot of like collaboration over competition. So there's so many positive things, but I would say, and I give this advice for fashion too, when people are starting out, like I would say, get a job first, like get a job, get some work experience, learn the business and, and don't like leap in and try to start your own business because it's really much more difficult than I would say, almost any other industry.
0: I totally agree with you. And then about it being fun, I want to finish up with one question. So as we talked about, your brand is rooted in this mission that empowers consumers to have a good time. So I want to ask, what are a few things that you love doing for a good time, you know, with or without cannabis? Like what does Brett Heyman like to do?
1: I mean, I like to eat cheese and watch Bravo is oh my god, <laughs> what I'm so I do with
0: you. Oh my God. I feel so connected right now. <laughs> I I'll love a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I'm
1: all about a guilty pleasure. I don't feel any guilt doing them either. It's just like, you know, I, I don't, I think that that life is very short. So I think you got to do what makes you happy.
0: I love that. That's a that's a great sentiment. Brett, thank you so much for joining us today. This was super fun to chat. I'm excited um, for my bag to come and I'll be sharing it on social. I've been a big fan, you know, even before you're in cannabis. So it's been so great to get to know you guys and love what you guys are doing in the space.
1: Thank you, Rosie. Thank you so much for having us and for taking such good care of us and uh and you know having me on.